Welcome to Femboldened, a podcast where inspiration meets aligned action, where science meets spirit, and where you've landed to enliven the bold within you. I'm your host, Angelica Pascone, women's empowerment coach, specializing in helping heart-centered, high achievers like you shatter their personal and professional self-built glass ceilings. Get ready to awaken to your truest potential as we dive deep into the emboldened stories, wisdom, and medicine of our fellow sisters to energize you into living your bold. The question is, are you ready? Let's get started. Emboldened. Welcome, welcome, Femboldeners. Today, I am here with Ariel I didn't even ask you how to pronounce your last name. How do you pronounce your last name? It's Naftali. Naftali. Oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. I'm here today with Ariel Naftali, who is a purpose and performance coach empowering heart-centered, impact-driven professionals to realize their unique purpose and potential so that they can take their next career steps with clarity and confidence. She currently serves on the Innovative Advisory Board of Kula, Kula Mm -hmm. for Karma, Mm -hmm. a nonprofit organization pioneering the integration of therapeutic yoga, meditation, and stress management into mainstream medicine and healthcare, Ooh, I just got the chills. She also, if that wasn't enough, volunteers as a student mentor with, okay, One True Zone. I was like, that looks like a big Scrabble board word, but I know what those words are. One True Zone, a nonprofit organization that provides career coaching services to motivated college students with a background in sport, sports, nutrition, sociology, psychology, business, I'm going to add, and fun. Ariel provides a holistic approach with individuals who are striving for healthier and more fulfilling work lives. Welcome, Ariel. I'm so glad that you are here and joining me. How are you? That was quite the intro. Thank you. I am doing well. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited that you're here too. Ariel and I recently met, What? oh my gosh, like two months ago now? In our... Yeah, yeah we and just our, hit the two months. That's crazy. Time flies. Now I feel like that scarcity of wait, wait, wait. I I want more already. <laughs> Which is a good, I guess a good thing, right? Um, Ariel and I met in our leadership mastermind that started back in March. We're entering in our eighth week here, and it's been just so amazing to be in your in your energy and in the space of the group. And I'm so grateful to get to know you on a personal level, deeper level today. Thank you so much for for being open to this conversation. Yes, thank you so much. And I am so excited to be in your energy as well. Let's get it going. Let's do it. I know. Okay. So even deeper than how you are doing, (laughs) I like to ask, because I feel like everybody asks that question and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. It's cool. I'm doing good. (laughs) And, and, for those who know me, if I ask you how you're doing, I actually want to know. I'm not just saying it like everybody else says. Mm-hmm. I actually want to know. Anyways, going deeper than that, I'd love to know what's alive for you today. What kind of shifts, transformations, thoughts, what you had for breakfast, whatever is important to you is important to me. I'd love to know. Mm, thank you for asking that question. I think. 
every day it's sometimes the routine is helpful and sometimes it's recognizing when you just need to change things up in that current day to create more aliveness for yourself and so for me today I was actually feeling a little bit stagnant this morning and I was like what do I need right now like what do I really need I already did my workout I had breakfast I'm trying to start my day and I'm just feeling a little bit lower vibe and I decided I need to throw myself a dance party (laughs) so that is what I've been doing for the last hour and I am feeling just so much more alive ready to go it's just crazy how I think everyone has their own form of movement or outlet that really helps them get back to that centeredness and feeling alive again. And for me, dancing is that thing. And so that's where I'm at today. (laughs) Do you, I love that. I sometimes feel like dancing. Sometimes I just like to shake it off, like literally shake it off. Oh yeah. Um, I'm curious because I have one of these. Do you have a specific playlist for dancing it off? (laughs) Oh, I love this question. (laughs) I, uh, the playlist from this morning was old school 60s rock music, which really depending on my mood, I could really be vibing with that. I really, my parents played a lot of music for me when I was little. So there's, um, a lot from that time of my life that I bring into my life now that just really gets me in my feels again. Um, and then the complete opposite end of the spectrum or not opposite, but a couple generations later, I usually feel like a nineties, maybe early two thousands hip hop vibe. So it depends on the day. (laughs) I love that. Awesome. Yeah, no, I have, I have a specific, um, playlist that I call uplift and embolden. And I'm also quite a big fan of nineties music and I have been using it for my son Ezra's fun Instagram reels. (laughs) And for anybody who is very interested to know, I, I posted one yesterday of LFO summer girl parody for him and LFO liked it. I love that. So I'm I'm celebrating. No way. That's huge. (laughs) So I had to slip that in there. Yeah. You just never know. You just never know. We got to get creative. (laughs) I would have never get like, I always had this, this thought in my head that I needed to be discovered. I did not think it would happen yesterday. (laughs) Here we are. Here we are. It's all beginning. It's this is just the start. Okay. Okay. I got all my sillies out. <laughs> and the silliness is always there. Oh, I don't know if I get the sillies. Totally. I don't ever want it to leave. All right. So, Ariel, I would love to know. I know you now. I know your magic now. Who were you two, three, or like six years ago? Who were you then? And we don't have to spend too much time there if you don't want to, but who were you and what bold decisions or moves happened to where you were then and who you are now? 
What's your story? Like, okay. What's your story? <laughs> so I was born in August of 1993. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let me, it's funny when you ask that question, the first thought that comes to mind is that I'm really, I'm really the same person at my core who, that I was six years ago. I, I'm the same person at my core that I've always been, but I think the series of steps that I've taken have allowed me to step into that expression in an even more intentional way and to be able to share it with others um, to help them in their own lives. And so I think that's one important part of the puzzle is like, I don't know that we, we change over time. I think we just get better at being who we've always been. And I so, love that. <laughs> so if I rewind back to, to six years ago, I was working in New York city. I was in your typical kind of nine to five corporate job, um, working in, the entertainment industry and it was a ton of fun, but I was totally living for the weekends. Every Friday was the best day ever. And every Monday was a drag. And I just realized I wanted to do work that felt a little more meaningful. That felt like I was directly helping people and seeing the fruits of that labor. And so I didn't know what that looked like or what that meant. And so I actually hired a coach for myself and that really helped me stay accountable in the transition. Um, I think what's really tough is like when we're ready to take big, bold action is we don't know where to start and that can be kind of paralyzing. And so having someone holding you accountable, someone who's like your support system and on your team through that process is so helpful. And so that was really, that was really what, what moved the needle for me during that time. And since then I applied to grad school in performance psychology and I quit my job. I left New York, um, where all my family and friends were. And I moved out to Colorado, which has always kind of been a dream of mine. And I went to grad school and met some incredible people. And I think through my experience in, in grad school is where I started to become more narrow and, okay, how do I actually want to serve others? What do I want this to look like? And I had this idea in my head that I wanted to help people flourish. I wanted to help people um, take their life to the next level. And that started in the container of working with athletes. And what it eventually evolved into was me working with people in their professional lives to find more fulfillment in their work and that kind of stems from, from working with athletes and, and high achievers in general, this idea that if, you know, what's the point of, of striving for performing at a high level? What's the point of performing at a high level if we're not enjoying the process? If we're not fulfilled by what we're doing at the same time, what's the point of moving up and up and up? Mm-hmm. And so while I love 
working with people to perform at a higher level, what's most important is that they're enjoying it. They're having fun. They're feeling fueled by what they do. And so that kind of evolved into me now building my business and becoming a purpose coach, a purpose and performance coach, but the foundation is the purpose work. And then we layer on elements of mindset into that. Um, so that is a relatively brief description of how I got from six years ago to where I am now. You are amazing. Oh my gosh. I have so many follow-up questions. Let's see if I can remember them all. I am so interested. Well, and I want you to know, I am very interested in you, but curiosity right now is what is performance psychology? I've never heard of this before. What, and, and like, what went into that education? Hmm, that's a good question. And I did kind of skip over that. So <laughs> it, it is um, a very small niche field within the larger umbrella of psychology. Um, so the program I, spe- I was specifically in is um, a sport and performance psychology program. And I think when we think of performance, we often think of sport, but but really we're all performing in, you know, the roles that we take on. We're all giving effort towards something. Um, and so this this field of sport and performance psychology it typically is involves working with athletes on mindset and how to allow that how to work on mindset to achieve um to achieve greater levels of success in their chosen sport and it depending on where you take that education if you go to you know the phd direction um, and become a sports psychologist you can work with athletes on their mental health as well which we know now is such a huge part of you know professional elite sports world is like you know there's so many mental health aspects to performance and it's hard to really separate the two so that is (laughs) kind of a little bit about the field. And I think it's really now starting to branch out into other spaces. There's a lot of um, people who are trained in sport and performance psychology who work in the military. There are people who work in corporate worlds. Um, It's, and it's, it's kind of all over the map now. I think it's really starting to get bigger. Um, but that is kind of, I think the, I'm rambling now, but the distinction between performance and um, other types of psychology, I think it is the emphasis on human flourishing, like what's going well for someone and how can we use that and optimize that rather than looking at what's wrong with someone and thinking, how can we fix them? And that's what really, that's what really drew me in to this specific discipline. I think that should be all of psychology, right? <laughs> what, what kind of world would we live in? What would it look like if nothing, we focused more on people's gifts mm-hmm. than their weaknesses? 
Yes. Yes. Right. It's oh, almost, so- you know, and it's interesting that you say, you know, it's called, it's performance psychology. And for me, performance, that word, it feels inherently icky. Mm-hmm. I know attached to you, it is not because I know you and I know you wouldn't do, you know, that, that isn't you. Um, but hearing performance, I think of like, I, I went to a college prep school where we had hours upon hours of homework every single day. And I had to, I am not an athlete, sorry to say, but we had to do two sports a year every single day after school. So like performance to me is like, go, 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 do, 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 right? That high achieving, but how, what you spoke to that there's no, it's, it's purposeless going higher and achieving more is, is without purpose unless there's that sense of satisfaction and fulfillment and desire and this visceral knowing that this is your, your purpose, then what's the point of going higher? So thank you for speaking more to this. I think I wish, I wish this was everybody's perspective. Like how can we, (laughs) how can we harness these gifts of the, of everybody so that our world is just so much simpler. We can't complicate things so much. Yeah, it, it's so true. And and I think, you know, there's not, not to even demonize looking at the negative, but I think that we as humans have this like ne- natural negativity bias to focus on like, whenever we're trying to improve anything, it's like, what's wrong? And how mm-hmm. can we fix that? That's always the automatic response versus, well, what's going right? Mm-hmm. And how can we spend energy on that? And so I think that it's not one or the other, but it's both and And I think to work towards both is what's really going to help people reach those higher levels of fulfillment and flourishing in their own lives. And, you know, we have tons of work in psychology that is already focusing on the what's wrong and how can we make it Mm -hmm. right. And so I think, you know, not to demonize that, but let's also add in and emphasize the focus on what what's going well, what are our strengths, what are our natural gifts, and how can we optimize that? Because mm-hmm. that's, that's why I love what I do. We all have these unique gifts. We all have strengths that we are just born with. And we often don't give attention to that. We don't really realize how important that is how amazing that is like there's a reason why and it's so that we can share them with each other and share them with the world and to feel like to put so much more energy towards what are my weaknesses what are the things that I'm not doing well it really takes power away from all the magic that you already have inside of you Hmm. I love that Thank you so much for diving deeper into and thank you for doing what you do. Yes. Gosh. Yes. Awesome. All right. So more out of curiosity, because I told you I had some quite a few backup questions, not backup follow-up questions. In those moments between actually, I'm gonna back up even more. What I feel like the coaching industry is very much misunderstood still, even though it's blossoming and there's so many more people understanding the benefits of the coaching world. Um, What was it for you that 
drove the decision to hire your first coach? (laughs) Yeah. So my, well, first I will say that I, I agree with you. I think the coaching industry is misunderstood and definitely gets a bad rep. And I think some of that is for good reason. And I think some of it is not. And what, what allowed me to hire my first coach was actually um, through a family connection. Like that person was already vouched for. They already, um, I knew they were, you know, quote unquote, credible through the eyes of someone else that I trusted in my life, which is why I feel like for people who are looking to get coached, um, that the, that seeing testimonials and referrals are so important because that's really where the trust is built. And, um, you know, I would always want to see how, I, I think it's, it's, it's a balance between building trust from seeing who someone's worked with and how and what has happened in those relationships, but also just like trusting your own intuition and energy when you feel magnetized towards someone and um, not, not just turning it off. Um, So I think that's what, what, led me to feel comfortable investing in my first coach was having that level of trust already there. Um, and so I think that is an important aspect of hiring coaches and and looking for coaches in the industry. But, but I do also think that my reason for going to get the degree that I did is, is probably partially because of the fact that the coaching industry is misunderstood or at least um, it's a very unregulated industry. And so anyone can claim to be a coach. And so, you know, for those who are looking, there are a ton of amazing coaches out there, but also for those who are seeking that support, you know, making sure you're doing your homework to make sure someone that you really resonate with someone who does have, you know, who has built that trust, um, and seems, you know, feels credible in some way to you. And and that's why I actually went to get a degree and a master's in some sort of psychological discipline, because I wanted to have, um, counseling skills to mm-hmm. support the work that I knew I ultimately wanted to do, even though I didn't know what it was going to look like. I wanted the training. I wanted the scientific backing to it, um, which is so important. But now I'm realizing how much also um, my own spirituality is coming into play Mm -hmm. and trying to hold the duality of both at the same time is, um, is it interesting these days? Mm -hmm. I'll leave it at that. Okay. We can leave it at that. (laughs) For now. now. It, you know, I'm glad we're speaking to this and, um, you know, I, I hired my first coach, gosh, two years ago, but I didn't have the self-awareness that I do now. And yeah, I was, yes, I was drawn to her. Um, 
but I was looking for her to rescue me. And I didn't know that was something that I did then. I didn't realize that that happened. And she had this huge promise of leave your nine to five and make your first six figures and in the nine months that you're in my container. And it was not at all what I had signed up for. So yes, wholeheartedly, if you're feeling the energy of somebody, go for it. And I agree, do still do your research too. But also ask yourself, am I doing this because I think that she's she or he or they have this magic answer that I don't? Or am I going to this person because I really am just looking for support and somebody to s- see me in my highest vision right. during times where I don't? Right. Yeah. Such an important distinction to make. And it it also, you know, kind of reminds me that to one, make that distinction, like really know your why before you are joining something. And Mm -hmm. also recognizing that anything new you take on is, you know, you're taking a leap of faith regardless. And that's with coaching, that's with even formal education, you know, like we pay thousands and thousands of dollars for formal education. I went to a massive institution myself and I can, you know, assure you that I had many classes that were not super valuable and and sure there were a bunch that were, but I think it's, you know, the same as anything, something might be like, you know, have years of accredited, it might be an accredited institution with, you know, years and years and years of, history of taking students through. Um, and that doesn't guarantee you any sort of result. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, like, you know, you're the only person that can guarantee those results. Yes. And so it's totally, you know, a balance between asking that why doing your due diligence and also recognizing that like, you're going to have to take a leap Mm -hmm. of faith if you really want to take that bold move, no matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for speaking to that. It's funny. I was driving down the highway the other day and my, my college in which I did my undergrad and, and one of my masters at had a billboard up that said guaranteed four years bachelors, your career just got closer. I'm like, how can you guarantee that? How many of my friends spent seven years getting their degree? You know, but by no, you know, just changing their majors and all that. You can't guarantee that. How is that? So absolutely. And you're right. It requires it just because you're signing on somebody to, to be that anchor in your highest vision of yourself still means there's work to be done. It still means that there's going to be scary times. It still means that the I don't want to say it. There's still more. Yeah. The pro- yeah. Yeah. So, so thank you for speaking to that. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think the, I think it's our like human fear of uncertainty that when someone else can say, I guarantee you, I promise you this, it's like, 
even if there's some part of us deep down that doesn't know if we believe it, we so badly want to believe that someone else can guarantee our success that we are willing to jump like headfirst into that if it means that we don't have to be totally responsible for it. Like we, we just want to know, we want to know it's certain. And the truth of the matter is no one else, nothing else can guarantee our own success other than, other than us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, this was a topic talked about in our last episode too. (laughs) So so funny. And I'm curious, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Shoshana. Have you ever seen Tommy Boy? No. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. It's It's a Chris Farley movie. It's funny. It's wonderful. But the whole point of this is he's, you know, Chris Farley is is trying to get an automotive um, shop owner to purchase these, his brake pads to save his father's company. And the guy is not purchasing it because there's no guarantee on the box. (laughs) (laughs) And so that was the phrase I heard in my last, my last episode is there's no guarantee on the box. So if you're listening and you were looking for a second sign, there's no guarantee on the box. (laughs) Yes. It's coming up again. (laughs) Yes. But what I can guarantee, what I can guarantee is that if you are willing to keep pushing, keep taking those bold steps forward and be okay with not knowing when or how, but keep taking those steps forward, I can guarantee you, you will find the thing. You will get there. You will find fulfillment. Um, it just, it's a matter of, of staying, staying on the journey and staying resilient um, through it all. And that's the one <laughs> guarantee yes. I yes. will say, but. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you hear of it all the time in public figures and celebrities and those that we really admire that how many times did they have to continue to get back up again because they had, they held their vision so strong. Jim Carrey is a perfect example, right? Living in his car, having written, I believe the check was for like $5 million to himself years back, carrying it in his wallet for, to each improv night, to each, um, audition and what was his I think what his first movie I think was was it Ace Ventura maybe I'm like the picturing liar liar but that might be yeah I might have been might have been Ace Ventura and I I believe from what I've heard the exact cat this exact check that he was written was five million but he held so strong that vision he did not stop because he knew this is, this is what fulfills him and I'm bound to be supported mm-hmm. if I continue. Yeah. It's so powerful. Uh, it really is. And, and I like to say, you know, you don't need to know the whole path in front of you. You just need to know your next step and be willing to take it. And, and like, you know, it, 
every day is is truly like a new day um, to to take those micro steps. I even have this. Uh, I know you can't see it on a podcast, but I have this sign up in my uh, right on my desk that says "Macro Patience, Micro Speed." I love that. I've never <laughs> and, heard. Of um, <laughs> it's it's a you know building a business it's a helpful motto to have and I think what it really means macro patience micro speed is we all have these big dreams and visions and we just want to get there we want to be there already but I think we see all the we see that as going to take a lot of work and then it's so easy to get paralyzed and not do anything at all Mm -hmm. and so I think what it's really saying is you know macro have patience for that big vision to come true mm-hmm. and on that micro level on that daily level on that minutely level be working towards that vision taking those small steps every single day and you will get there but you just have to trust that it's you know mm-hmm. bit by bit and it will happen uh, yes trust and surrender or yes. huge Huge. Absolutely. And I think so many, I I can speak to this. So many of us, especially in the entrepreneurial world, we attempt, you know, our first go at it and it doesn't quite look like what we planned or it doesn't go right. And then we think, well, I was dumb for having this vision and I'm making it up, right? I'm just making it up. Um, And it's really, no, we just have to plug into something else and play around with it and continue to continue to try. Mm, Yeah, it's, it really is like just a continued belief in yourself and in your vision and, and letting that vision be the evidence you need um, versus having, you know, that tangible concrete evidence first to feel like you need to, to feel you need that to take the steps towards your vision. Sometimes the evidence we need is just seeing that other people are doing it and that it's possible. Mm -hmm. And that means it's possible for us too, because it really is. But I think like the biggest, um, one of the biggest things I'm, I'm learning in, you know, entrepreneurship is, to really be able to do it is you have to be willing to take the steps before you have the evidence. And mm-hmm. we're in, we're such, you know, in our, this Western world, we want to have all the evidence first before we take action towards something, but um, no, no new ideas, no breaking the rules. It happens that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We need to be willing to take brave, bold action before before we see the evidence. Yeah. yeah. So what <laughs> was in those moments in time over the past six years, what was the trigger for you to take those bold, big actions? What was that shift that even though it felt scary, what was that last shift that moved the needle for you? Hmm. So I, you know, I think that, um, we, we like to fantasize like that moment in time that, that things changed. And I, I can probably point to like a certain 
a certain time where I felt things shift, but I really think it was over a period of time, a little shift day by day. Mm -hmm. And eventually I got to the point where I was just ready to freaking go. Um, I do remember the first thing that came to mind was when I worked in New York city, I was walking to and from work every day, which some people thought was crazy because we have the subway system and the subway (laughs) is amazing and takes people everywhere. And I was walking 45 minutes to and from work every day, but this was my time to, you know, me, my me time to listen to podcasts or music and just, you know, people watch walking around New York and just people watching is I could do it for hours. So (laughs) it was, I really enjoyed that time. And so one of the, I I started listening to all these podcasts, which were really starting to help me realize what it was I was really interested in. Um, And one of the podcasts um, was in, it was uh, Michael Gervais, and he is a sport and performance psychologist, and he interviews a lot of elite athletes, successful people in business or health, um, kind of all over the map. But one of the people he was interviewing said, and I don't remember the exact context, but he said this quote, and it has stayed with me literally since that moment, um, which was, would you rather be right? Or would you rather be effective? Mm. And I sat with that. And, you know, on one level, you can think, I think on like a very simplistic level, you could think, in terms of having an argument with a loved one, you know, would you rather be right in that moment? Just be right because our ego loves to be right. Mm-hmm. Or would you rather be effective? Like what's the long-term goal here? You want to have a, a thriving relationship with your partner. So what response is really going to be effective in this moment? And sometimes being right and being effective is the same thing, but often it's not. <laughs> and so yes. I think what really shifted for me was my being right was me staying in New York because it's what everyone around me was doing. All my friends were there, was living for the weekends, partying on the weekends, getting through the nine to five. Cause that's what everyone else was doing. That was me being right. Mm. Um, me being effective is what's actually going to make me happy happy? What's actually going to make me fulfilled? That's really what I'm striving for. And so I could just stay here and do what everyone else is doing and be right. Or I could switch gears and really start being effective towards creating the life that I want for myself. And I don't know what I did after that day, but that quote sat with me and it really was a part of my transition into um, stepping into a whole new life, stepping into entrepreneurship, leaving everyone and everything that I was familiar with. And it still kind of sits with me in my back pocket. I return to it over and over again because it's just our, our ego is never completely, you know, eliminated, but we can always work to have a better relationship with it. So mm-hmm. I would say that if there was a moment that that quote was probably my moment. You're giving me the tinglies. (laughs) I love that. And what a beautiful, uh, what a beautiful self-reflective question 
when you're in the throes of it all and you're met with a decision where neither, maybe in that moment, neither feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. So thank you. Thank you for that. I love, oh, I'm going to be using that. I'd put it in my pocket, but I'm wearing leggings. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We spoke to this a little while. We were talking about having our vision and holding it high. I would love to hear your highest vision for yourself. Mm, for myself. Mm-hmm. Your, yourself, your business, the worldview, all of the it. World. I want to hear it all. Yeah. So I, it's kind of interesting that you asked that now because I know, um, you know, the coach who leads our mastermind had um, ran this. Um, I think it was like a storytelling mastery exercise where we spoke about our internal why and our external why. And this has really resonated with me because I think in building a business, um, you have, you have all the things you want from the business. You want all the things that you want for yourself, but you also have this future vision of how you want it to impact other people. And I think it's important to, be clear about what each of those things are. Um, And so I think the big, bold vision for myself on an internal level is I want personal fulfillment. I want connection to other people, like deep, deep, authentic connection to other people. I want financial freedom and flexibility. Mm -hmm. And, um, I want to be able to have an impact um, that's meaningful. And so that's kind of, I guess, my internal why, if you will. And then my external why, my big, bold vision of the impact I want my business to have is I really want to help people step into their full self-expression and share their unique gifts with the world and, and make their positive impact because mm-hmm. I really do believe we each have unique gifts to share and the world would be a better place if we were all stepping into that unique um, self-expression. And I think why I, why I speak about purpose coaching is because I, I think that really is our purpose at the end of the day, our purpose is to be who we are. Ripping off all the social, cultural conditioning. Um, who are we and how can we share that with others in an intentional way? And when I talk about people reaching their potential, Everyone's potential looks different because our potential is our potential to show up fully as who we are in all contexts and be able to see the ripple effects of that, of that work, of that sharing, of that expression. And so my, my vision of a world is a world where everyone really feels I don't know if safe is the right word, but it's the word I'm going to use for now. A world where everyone feels safe to 
be who they are. And that's not to say that, you know, um, to minimize, um, to minimize that we, you know, we should just be able to be mean to people when we feel like being mean to people or we want to, you know, when we're not feeling well, that we should just take that out on others or blame others or treat, um, it's not about, um, just saying what you think or when you feel whenever you think it, but it's more so stepping into who you fully are when you're being the highest version of yourself mm-hmm. and allowing that to shine through. Um, so that's my dream yes. for that's my future mm-hmm. vision. <laughs> we share the same dream. Yay! I love that. Uh, yeah. And how cool here. And here's, here's the cool part is that we can have the same dream and have our own magic that gets us there. Mm -hmm. What's your unique magic? (laughs) Uh, Great question. And I totally agree. I think language limits us because we can have the same vision. We can communicate. I do this and I do this, but the essence of how we each show up is going to be different. And it's hard to make that distinction just using language, right? Because language Mm -hmm. is an estimation. It's an approximation for how we think and how we feel, but words can't perfectly describe our essence of who we are. Um, I joke around that I prefer telepathy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> so, you know, if if I was to give an estimation for my unique essence, I believe that my gift um, really is making others feel safe, making others feel comfortable to be who they are, to be their authentic selves without fear of judgment or rejection or retaliation. Um, when people enter into a space with me for whatever reason it is, um, the energy that I give off, um, people feel safe to really step into that full self-expression. And so my purpose is intentionally using that, that gift to make the world better. And I could, you know, I could go my whole life without acknowledging it and only touching the people I come into contact with, or I could choose to make it bigger, make it bolder, show up in in bigger ways so that more people can benefit from being in that energy. And that's why I am so passionate about doing the work I'm doing because I, I want more people to have a sense of feeling like, oh, weird, silly selves, and knowing that's actually their greatest gift that X factor. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's so that's my unique, that's my unique gift. What is your unique gift? Oh, there's just so many, right? Like there's, there's so many unique gifts. I, I'd like to say my, my unique gifts are like my intuitive hits. So like, like just, just now, now I 
while you were talking about your, your gifts and you were talking about essence, I heard the question, I wonder what her essence would be if it was an object. Like, because we can't, words are so difficult. I wonder if Ariel would love the question, what if you're, or like a smell or a, you know, a sense, do you, you know what I mean? Like some, something tangible yeah. or something that you're able to, your, your brain knows what it is, but it's difficult to describe the feeling that it is. So I will tell you the, the first thing that came to mind and I, it's not an object per se, but I think if you, we were to describe my essence in a song, the first yes. song that came up and, and now we're back to using words again. So <laughs> this has come full circle, but the song that uh, comes up for me is I can't help myself um, by the temptations. Is it by the temptations? I think this is like the, the song that I grew up in. What's that? I don't know if I know that song. I know the temptations. It's, um, it's, I can't help myself. I love you and nobody else. Oh, yes. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Sugar pie, honey bunch. That one? Yes. 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 Yeah, okay. So it's, oh, it's four tops. Okay. I'm looking I, up just I to agree make sure. with that. Yes. I agree with that <laughs> statement. That's per and no, I because I mean music is more than just words. There's like this, there's this feeling behind it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Exactly. I think it's the feeling, it's the energy of it, even mm -hmm. more so than the words, maybe. Yes, a hundred percent. I, I, I believe that there's, um, you know, getting into the woo-woo part of me, which is my X factor here. There's mm -hmm. a, there's a certain energy that's imprinted in everything that we do and everything an artist does, whether it be a painting, whether it be uh, a product, whether it be an offer or a song, there is an energetic imprint that we all understand on a, on a higher plane of existence. So even though the words don't necessarily match up, we get that feeling. Perfect example. I just watched this movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. But the song Bohemian Rhapsody, so it's, so it's that song, there's how many words are mumbo jumbo, but you get the feeling behind it. Mm -hmm. right? Yes, it's so true. It really is. <sighs> mm. Shifting a little bit, I'd love to know where your magic has you headed next. What's in store for you coming up? Mm. Yes. So I have not released this to the public yet. What? Um, We're exclusive. Here? <laughs> if you get the tinglies. Okay. This is be going to be the first time I will be talking <sighs> about this. Um, it's getting hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Um, <laughs> I was listening to that song earlier today. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, so, so far I have really just worked with people in a one-on-one -on -one format and what I've been so excited about and just like kind of bubbling in my head is the idea of working with a group of people because I really think that 
um, that's where I shine. And I also love just the energy of having a group dynamic and people energy and bounce it off each I really love a small group or really um, or to go through my uncover your purpose process and then been taking clients through and I think it can be a even more exciting experience in a small group format and so what I am working on building right now is getting ready to um share that with the world and bring people into that space and so um probably in the next month or two that'll be coming out in real time and with more details but that's what I've been getting really excited about lately I'm so excited for you there's something special about I don't want to say holding space for a group in their transformations and watching them each light each other up. Mm-hmm. Um, so celebrating you amazing announcement. I'm so honored that the announcement was made here. <laughs> Hooray, hurrah. Awesome. So if people are listening in and they're like, Ooh, I want to know more about Ariel. I, I want to like be in her energy outside of this, this interview, where can they find you? Yes. Well, first of all, if you are loving this, I would love to hear from you. Um, And um, I would love to have you in my group coaching program, but you can reach me um, on my Instagram, which is perform with purpose, my Facebook, you can just find me at Ariel Naftali and LinkedIn, Ariel Naftali, same thing. Um, what else? My website, if you want to see more about me is performwithpurpose.org. And that should be all the socials. I feel like Gosh, there's so I, many I these days. How many different socials there are, but I think those are all of them. I think you covered it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's been honestly such a profound pleasure having this discussion with you, mm-hmm. getting to know you deeper, and the fact that it's recorded and I can come back to it anytime I want <laughs> is just the cherry on top. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This has been truly like, I didn't know I needed this in my day. And now that it happened, uh, what a gift. Mm, that's thank a song you too. So I'm pretty sure. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for being you. Bolden.